0: Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered
1: by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. The following podcast is brought to you exclusively by the RNR Podcast Network. Welcome to the flagship edition of the Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast. A hard-hitting in-depth cutting-edge look into the world of professional wrestling. Now, let's introduce your host, Rad Rob, Rob Francois.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast. This is a bonus episode of the flagship. I am your host, Rad Rob, Rob Francois. I hope everybody is doing well all around the world, and thank you for being here. I have a very, very special guest on with me right now. Uh, many, many people know who this gentleman is. Uh his most recent appearance on Get My Go uh drove record numbers even higher than Jeff Lane. Uh <laughs> he is from the two man power trip empire. It is the one and only Chad. What's going on, Chad? Yes, or the Chad Stir, as I like to say. The Chad Stir. The Chad Stir uh, has made his uh his first appearance on Rad Turtles. What's going on, man? Yes. Thanks for being here.
2: Oh, my pleasure, man. It's a uh, it's a great opportunity to uh to chit-chat with you and uh just talk more. I I'm not always used to being on the other side, uh, you know, of doing the recordings, especially using StreamYard. So you're counting down and I'm getting ready to pump up some uh triple threat podcasts or eyes up here or something. So uh, I did the Wayne's World. I did the nod with you. I just ca- did the countdown.
1: I didn't want to step on you. <laughs> I like it. I appreciate that. It is weird. <laughs> like whenever I'm on like uh, Durban show or I'll do Hambone bone show every now and then. But uh, it is weird not being the host. It's just it's a funny feeling. I'm not used to it. So hopefully we can get through this and uh, you don't hijack the show at some point. <laughs> Well, there is one topic that I could talk about all day long. It's me, so you are in luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. We're both in agreement there. Uh, <laughs> now, I know you are a busy guy, man. So I do, I do appreciate you taking taking time out. I, I, I uh, we spoke off air. You told me how bu- You are way busier than I even thought you were. So uh, it's a cred- <laughs> It's a credit to your work ethic, man. Uh, how hard you work, but uh, I know your time's limited, and I appreciate you being here.
2: Oh my pleasure! I also impressed uh, an older gentleman this afternoon at the uh, the Girl Scouts uh, you know hike that we were on earlier today, telling him all the great stuff. And he goes, "Well, that's a lot of stuff." I go, "Yeah, that's really cool, huh?" He's like, "Yeah, it's all right." I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna go, I'm just gonna go hang out over here, man." You just completely deflated my uh, my balloon, wow. but it's all good. So,
1: so <laughs> yeah, that that sucks, man. I mean, the Girl Scout dads you can't you can't impress them. I mean, uh, you know, hey, people, when, outside, you people outside hats. the people yeah, exactly. People outside the industry have no idea who we are. So, eh, what are you
2: going to do? Well, you know, you go from, uh, softball dad one day to Girl Scout dad the next day. And then you get back in the podcasting chair and you're a podcast dude. So when you're talking to an older gentleman that probably hasn't even heard what a podcast is, it's tough to impress him. So then you just yeah. start lying and being like, yeah, you know, uh, morning drive, uh, DC 101. Uh, isn't that guy, isn't that guy's name? Uh, you know, uh, uh, Frank. Uh, yeah, that's me. You know, <laughs> just lie.
1: <laughs> yeah, which exactly. will be a
2: theme coming up.
1: <laughs> uh, you're right about that. So, uh, I obviously was aware of you and and your podcast and John Paz and all that and the great things that you guys have have built uh, with a two man power trip and uh, uh empire. And I even love Paz's show, uh, Trump Mania. That that uh, that was really fascinating to uh, learn about the connection between Vince McMahon and, and Donald Trump. So, yeah, um, Paz is a great host. He does some great things. Obviously, he's taken over the show for you since you've been so busy with with uh, your real job.
0: Uh, so Paz yeah. does a
2: great
1: job, man. He's
0: a good He guy. does a great job.
1: And I'll tell you, I mean, you know, look, the, the
2: a lot of the the time, I mean, I've known him for almost 20 years. I think it's 18 years now that we've known each other. We met in college. So. Second semester of college, maybe maybe mm-hmm. second year. I can't remember that part. But, uh, you know, the the show itself, I mean, it just drew off of our friendship of, you know, as long as we were buddies hanging out in cars and at shows and, you know, always coming up with things. And, um, you know, just to see how the empire has grown since September when we kind of changed the format into the empire. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to call it a podcast network. I didn't want to call it, you know, uh, some like generic, you know, I no offense to anybody using that, but I just wanted to be different. I wanted something that was going to set us out and, uh, you know, aside from everything and he's done an amazing job you know, and i my hat's off to him because he uh he's he if there's anybody who's passionate about pro wrestling it's him and um i mean he's got shows that i like don't even know about that he's got so many going on yeah, but right. again it's just a credit to his uh his work ethic and you know the amount of time he puts in so whether or not he hears this or not i'll put him over all day long he's my uh, my longtime close personal
1: friend and he uh you know he's not on conrad's level as far as You know, the caliber of talent that he has, but he's a much, in my opinion, a much better host. Uh, I'd rather listen to to JP all day than, than listen to Conrad, you know.
2: Yeah, he does. not Well, the whole thing, you know, John's personality, uh, as long as I've known him, he's not a braggadocious person. No, he's, he's like not, super down
1: to earth. Yeah.
2: yeah, he is. He And and the thing about him is that he's he, I always say he's very cerebral about his mm-hmm. approach. So he, he really does everything very methodically. And, uh, you know, he's he doesn't put himself over. He doesn't want to put himself over. And, you know, in the body of work doesn't need to have any kind of bragging. And that's the difference between, you know, what we did on that. Platform versus what other people do with their platform. It's not about it's not about us. We always made it about the the people that we were spotlighting, and I think that's the difference. Uh, John's, you know, he's another one. He's got a real job. He's got a real life, family, all all the uh, the bells and whistles. But um, finds time to do uh, as many shows as I think I have uh, fingers here, and I don't have anything extra, so (laughs) no No, extra
1: digits. (laughs) Right. He's he's very good, and yeah, he is very humble, and that's that's really what I like about him. I mean, he's just your. Your average dude, like like you are, man, just living out your dreams as wrestling fans and being able to talk to all these different people. It's like, you know, me, I've been doing it for two years and I've gotten to talk to guys that I've idolized, you know, for years. That I mean, you got to love the Internet for all the bad that it has. It's, it's brought us together with people we probably never even talked to before. It's just uh, it's a cool thing to be able to do. Yeah, it's definitely,
2: it's interesting how, how everybody can kind of connect with it, you know, and there's a lot of wrestling podcasts out there. It's an old cliche itself, you know, hundreds of thousands of podcasts every week. There's a new one and this person's going to dominate the scene and this person's going to change the face of podcasting and blah, 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 you know, and we've been doing it for six years. Uh, but John and I both have broadcasting backgrounds and then mm-hmm. we actually did meet in television production. Uh, that was the first time we met and I was behind a, he was, uh, you know, in, in front of the screen, uh, you know, playing guest on one of the shows and I was in the technical director, uh, area and we literally met in broadcasting class and, you know, for six years, um, we didn't really reinvent the wheel. We just did things, uh, the right way and, yep. you know, it's just, it's, Steamrolled, and yes, we're, no, we're not on the Conrad level. And, and Conrad is on the Conrad level. You know, he doesn't, yeah. you can't compare anybody else to him. Um, but, you know, it's been fun, man. It's been a hell of a ride. Six years. It goes by quickly, doesn't it? Got a lot older in those six years. Yeah, I'll tell you that much, much. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: The Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast. So, uh, getting yeah, getting
1: back to where I always get sidetracked. Uh I, I had heard of you guys before but uh <laughs> I uh was was really introduced to you on on a daily basis at one point uh by our mutual acquaintance Mr. the other JP G- the other JP the evil JP Johnny podcasting <laughs> uh John Wanglin I can't remember the timeline cuz I'm old uh I think it was last summer summer of last year yep uh we were booked to <laughs> we were supposedly booked to do two shows with Dan Severn uh which I think Feeney covered i got my go on on yep. part 1 uh Rhode Rhode Island and uh Enfield Connecticut which is my old stomping grounds. I actually lived in Enfield Connecticut for many many years and uh, moved to Tennessee because that's where my wife is from. Uh but we were going to go to that show and John was supposed to walk out Dan Severn to the ring Mm -hmm. uh, in in Pawtucket, and then I was supposed to walk Dan out to the ring in Enfield. And uh, obviously, you know that uh, Dan backed out because the promoter for big-time wrestling was was dicking him around. I don't know the exact specifics, but... Yes, he was. Dan canceled his appearances, so John wasn't lying about that. He was not. I can validate it. saw the words come out of the mouth of the beast. Yeah. What he was lying about, which I don't think even he talked to Dan about it, was obviously... Us walking Dan down to the ring, like people are like, "Who the fuck are these guys?" (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, who are these fucking marks walking this guy down the ring? So (laughs) I don't know where John came up with that. I don't even know if I I highly doubt that he talked to Dan about that. But uh, yeah,
2: Yeah, that's uh, you know you usually see that reserved for kids who you know have. Maybe some sort of special affliction that mm-hmm. would yeah. necessitate them having a you know one time thrill of uh, accompanying uh, a champion to the ring or something. <laughs> um- I can't say, you know, a podcaster getting involved in matches is uh, out of the ordinary because I know, uh, you know, my tag team partner, JP, has uh, interfered on behalf of our co host, The Franchise, yeah. on one show, but it was, you know, John's actually taking bumps in a ring. John's actually, you know, had some sort of formal wrestling training. But um, yeah, that was a little. It was a little suspect. I can't say that that would have been something I would have uh, expected Dan Severn to
1: either agree to or pitch. <laughs> and I'm starting to believe half the conversations that Wangland that had with, with Dan didn't even exist. Like He said he would talk to Dan for hours and hours and hours and I think he even said he went and visited Dan one time uh, obviously in Virginia, but I think it was some other time Dan was in upstate New York and I, I doubt that ever happened. Um, but he told me, uh, and this is backing off of Get My Go, uh, part one, uh, your appearance on it uh, this past week. And uh, this is like a companion piece to that. Uh, I heard your side of the story uh, where you met up with John at that, uh, that indie show, that or the MMA it show. It was an
2: that- amateur MMA show yep. in
1: Manassas, Virginia. And Dan was doing commentary when you uh, when guys got there, right? Okay. Yep. <laughs> the story that you said about John tapping him on the shoulder, like, hi, I'm John. <laughs> like, never heard that. Like, John, <laughs> the funny thing about all that, John told me he only went there to meet you. He never mentioned one thing about, about meeting Dan. So I never even knew that's where you guys were. I thought he was going to your house, because that's the way he made it sound to me. He said he had a business meeting with you and that he met, he went to your house. That's God's honest truth quite a casual business meeting. It was in a high school gym amongst about uh, 250
2: uh, friends and family of uh, very hungry MMA fighters looking to get their shot and impress uh, Dan the B-7. It was actually, it was impressive in the fact that it wasn't just, you know, uh, mixed martial arts. It was also boxing. Uh, There was some, uh, like, regular straight-up, like, jujitsu competitions. Like, there was some karate guys on there. It was a very mixed bag of a card. I'm just using this as a backdrop, because that's the more interesting stuff that happened that night. Rather than our conversation. I mean, it was uh, from what I recall uh, and the couple of times that we chatted, he was passing through on his way back from his vacation to meet with Dan. And I knew of this event because, you know, I said, I'll get my go. The connection I had with the promoter um, of the show. And um, I just figured, you know, if we're going to talk, we'll just talk there. You know, it's here it is. And this is going to be your podcast, guy, So it, it kind of worked out perfectly you know that's the way i looked at it it was never you know business meeting at my house hell no <laughs> wasn't happening <laughs> all right
1: well I'm, although I'm it would have
2: be- been closer for him it wasn't happening
1: <laughs> okay well at least we got that uh got out got that out because i wasn't aware of that i was only aware of of what he told me and and it was fascinating listening to you you know talk about you guys being backstage and uh, Dan, uh no pretty- we're, we were backstage we were literally next to the cage Oh, oh, I thought you guys went backstage. No, 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 no.
2: no, I said Dan left. He went backstage. Dan was like, all right, guys, it was good to see you. Nice to meet
1: you. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Okay. I
2: think I, you know, there's a cold bottle of water with my name on it behind the curtain. It was a hot night. It was August night. It was very hot. And especially in Virginia, that's some thick humidity that we get in the summer. Um and uh no we were two feet away from the cage it was right right behind it, was, mm-hmm. it would have been a nice backdrop for a uh,
1: a photo opportunity mm-hmm. yeah it would have been I, <laughs> i'm sorry i was mistaken when you said dan went backstage i just assumed that you guys went no back no no no, no, no. i mean
2: i was ready to go backstage but uh no absolutely not no dan just went and uh went on his <laughs> merry uh, merry way
1: because the way Wangland put it is, they were bosom buddies. Like they were, you know, talking, and talking, and talking, and talking on the phone, and and had these amazing conversations. And you know, by by John telling me that to hear this, it just it doesn't something doesn't like Conrad said. One one of these things is not like the other. So I just assume with John's all access you know, with, with fucking Dan that he would have went backstage and talked to him. So that's yeah, hilarious.
2: I, I don't doubt they had conversations that lasted a long time. I, I won't doubt that at all because it, you know, Dan Severin is a guy who who does like to to talk. I mean in and in, in in the yeah. grand scheme of things would be a good podcast companion because of the fact you he can just go off and talk about stuff and he's an expert. He's I mean how many people can say they've done what he's done and, and right. mastered you know different forms of sports and theatrics, and you know, and been a guy who could be as you know dry looking in the face, but as intense as he is, as he steps in either the cage or between the ring ropes, um, a hell of a, an interesting guy. So I don't doubt the conversations were long. I just don't think there was more of a connection. I kind of feel like Severin might do that with a lot of people it's just i don't think that it was necessarily anything special but if they were going to agree to uh doing a show together you know there is a feeling out you have to do to make sure you have um a connection and it's something that you know francine and i talk about uh quite often we talked about it on our anniversary show we did a few weeks ago you know we met through the franchise and you know we could tell right away we connected in a friendly way you know we we definitely there was a a really strong um and I don't, I'm not going to say bond. I'm not, that's very corny, but there was just you could tell we had a good rapport, you know. And anytime I saw her after that, from the first meeting, she know who I was. We chit chatted about family, and it was basically what we do on eyes up here is what I would do every time I I saw her at a convention. So you you get a rapport, but that's probably what I would
1: think the conversations were doing. We're just trying to build a a you know a bond of sorts. So when you saw them together, I mean, did you see any kind of that with them, or did did it seem awkward? No, I saw nothing there. <laughs> there was, yeah. there was nothing. It was just, Severn was
2: just talking to the guy who came over to talk to him. Um, you know, just the, he told him about the, the cancellation of Enfield in uh, Rhode Island yeah. and, uh, you know, explain the, the shenanigans of the promoter. And, uh, you know, you can't dick around a veteran like uh, yeah, Dan no. Severin. He's not going to go if he doesn't feel comfortable. So he did not go. And uh, that was pretty much the extent of it. Uh, they were really, like I said, it was not a long conversation, and most of it had to do with the cancellation of the next weekend's
1: events. And that was that was it. <laughs> that, that's really it. And the show itself didn't last long. I think it only had like four or five episodes, and one of those was a like a European interview that that Dan did. Right. Like an Australian and, interview that was like yeah, a two And that
2: artist. I didn't I, I again I don't have any kind of, you know, knowledge of what they recorded because I, I just quite frankly wasn't interested enough to, to dial in and see what was going on. Um, but I wasn't either I, and I was business partners <laughs> with him. <so. laughs> when I was chit chatting with him in the stands, waiting for him to go talk to uh, the beast. You know, I just, like I explained on Get My Go, I just said, you know, just make sure you have him where he needs to be at the time you have to record because once you Mm. give him the, you know, because he told me he's going to be traveling overseas. He's got the big fight with Ken Shamrock that's coming up, uh, which I don't even think happened, um,
1: if I recall correctly. But um oh no, he had all these grandiose plans for that to do an eye pay per view and and run that. And, yeah, he told me about that. And, uh, uh, and we we're again, gonna have a debate. Uh, Him and Ken were gonna have a debate together. And yeah. yeah,
2: and he and that was coming back to Virginia too a few months, you know, later. I think it was October. And it, and I just, I said, well, how are you going to do it? Who are you teaming with? He said, oh, I'm going to do it myself. I was like, well, okay, eh, yeah. that's you know, that's it's not realistic, and <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's yeah. not something I would have thought right away. You can't go into it. You can't go into it thinking it's going to fail, but you can't go into it thinking you're going to reinvent uh, the genre. And yeah. at the end of the day, it would fall into the category of name how many wrestlers have had a podcast that didn't last. Yeah.
1: yeah that's what exactly it fell right. into, unfortunately. Yep. And the same thing was with Vampiro. And Vampiro has gone on to tell, you know, Husey, like, I couldn't fucking trust that guy to save my soul. Like, he was so boring. Uh, I just was looking for ways to get out of doing shows with him. And I mean, Vamp is a little flighty anyway. And obviously, Feeney knows that too because Vamp didn't stick around long for for that either. But, you know, um, (laughs) John just. Number one, he's not a good host. Uh, he just got this, you know, you've, you've heard him. So he's got this, this boring. I've only mother. heard
2: him on Get My Go. I, that's all the only times really, I've ever it. heard him do that's shows. Fine. Yeah, I, Again, and it's not, look, all right, and I want to stress this big time. I'm going to do my political uh, here. I am not just <laughs> saying this because I'm trying to sound cool. I am not just saying this because I'm trying to sound like, a, like I'm a badass of podcasting. And you can say this as well. Many podcasters can't listen to every show. You can't right. listen to everybody out there. So for me to say, oh, yeah, I caught every episode of the reality podcast, I, I did not. I, I knew what he was because of our conversations. I, di- I The only thing I ever heard was the Russo rant. And mm-hmm. the Russo rant is what led to me distancing myself um, in a major, major way, huh. uh, including never speaking to him ever again. Um But I I never heard a show until I heard, get my go, play all these clips. And and I just, I I can agree with your previous comments. Yeah.
0: The Red Turtles Wrestling Podcast.
1: He never told me why you guys split off. And I guess we'll we'll do a little bit of foreshadowing. He was supposed to supposedly be doing your baseball show. Uh, Well, he said he was going to. (laughs) He he said you had a baseball show that you wanted to bring over to the reality check podcast network. But John told me he was going to be co-hosting it or hosting it. Interesting. That's what he told me.
2: (laughs) Hmm. That's uh, that is definitely news to me. Uh, The baseball (laughs) podcast. You know, I thought about midway through last summer, probably around June uh, 2019. um, And I only thought about that because, you know, not that I was getting bored with doing the wrestling interviews. I I just was not feeling so fulfilled by it. And and I kind of felt like John was going to take over. My John was going to take over doing the interviews full time at some point because of the time John has available to do certain interviews and sort of that tenacity that he brings to the table with the preparation. So, I kind of had this idea in the back of my mind to create this baseball podcast, but what I said on get my go as well, it's a process that took a few months. It wasn't something where I was like, Oh, I'm going to do a baseball podcast and it starts tomorrow. (laughs) I I, I literally strategized this whole thing. And and I made sure I I clicked the right buttons and where I kind of got contacted by John was what I mentioned on get my go was the email about um, uh, going on Chris Martin's show as a, as a guest and that's where I just kind of did my little uh, homework on the network and saw that, okay, they have a few shows, they have a few things. So I said, hey, I've got this baseball podcast that I'm putting together and I kind of just want to have a place where I could drop it and yeah. forget about it. Not, yeah. you know, upload it. <laughs> right. Make sure the upload took, make sure it's posted, then go off and promote it. And you know, because I know it's, you know, it's already rock and rolling. I just didn't want to do that with this show for some reason it's just you know what i mean that extra mm-hmm. little bit of work that you know if i'm having to head out the door but oh the upload failed yeah. well, now i gotta head back and <laughs> you know my whole day screwed up i, I just didn't want to do that with the show because i wanted to really like enjoy the process so um you know i talked to a, a couple other smaller um and when I'm Smaller, I mean, just you know, kind of in the same vein. Yeah, <laughs> Podcast yeah. networks to say, like, you know, would you be interested in the show? So when I talked to John, that was a part of our meeting at the uh, the Severin show was just to say, like, hey, I got this show. Would you like to possibly put it on, uh, you know, your feed? Um, you know, it's going to be an original show every week, brand new interview, similar to the Two Man Power Trip formula. Not talking about last night scores not talking about the the great plays from the games no interview you're the guest Uh, this is the guest i'm the host this is what we're talking about have a good night uh never plans for a co-host never plans for it to be anything but interviews and um that is absolutely
1: not true and I I would in my right mind doped up on goofballs i wouldn't even say something like that wow uh that's good to know, man, because obviously, like I said, I only had one side of the story, and it's good to actually get your side, which is actually the truth. Because uh, what, what, but just, you know, again, I don't know the guy. Okay? Yeah. John is my
2: friend of, John, my John, is my friend of 18 years. Right. Okay? If I was going to do a baseball show, honestly, it would have been with John. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I can't put it on the two-man power trip feed because, obviously, it's a wrestling feed. It's, a wrestling it's not feed, a yeah. arts and entertainment feed. Yeah. So, I said, all right, I got to find a destination for it. So I had a couple people in mind. John was, was on that short list because of the conversations we had. And I saw how regular the postings were. It was more about that. It was more about, I knew somebody would be there to, to drop this show and I'll do the rest. No,
1: oh, he did uh, work hard. Like, I'm not going to deny yeah, the oh, fact absolutely. that, you know, he put a lot of work into it, but yeah. yeah.
2: And that's a pain in the ass. Look, I, I do, you know, I do it with Francine four days a week, you know, I do it with triple threat. I do it still on the TMPT, T N uh, P T feed. I still drop a show on there once a week. You know it's a lot of work. So I needed somebody to do that, not be a part of the the show. I did not need any help with that because I'm not going to say, Hey, I don't know you. Um, Here's here's a, uh, a guy who was drafted in the first round of the 1995 MLB amateur draft. Do you know everything about that? Like I do, because we're about to talk about it in five minutes, you know, like that's, I I could never have a co-host like that. I, my brother helps me out with it now. Mm -hmm. uh, But my brother does stats. Like he'll go on to baseball reference and he'll pull stats um, but that's his reward because he does help get some guests for me. I wasn't looking for that, so that's absolutely, uh, that's ridiculous. And I would, why the in God's name would I do that?
1: And I guess it was naive of me to believe that that, that would even happen because, I mean, this is, dude, it, it's funny. He can be a very convincing and persuasive person. I mean, he can, he really comes off as a, as a genuinely nice guy when you first meet him, but um oh i'm not denying that he was a yeah. very nice
2: man yeah. I mean, and, and it's you know i i can't say i'm not out here to kill the guy I'm no, not, obviously, i don't right. know the guy i don't right. know anything you know about him outside of what <laughs> i've heard on get my go on my conversations with him so i mean it's me just falling into like a category of like i'm kind of like i'm floating out there i don't have any yeah. like affiliations um you know, or, or any kind of loyalty, because I mean, like, I just met him once and we chatted a few times and, and that was it. You know, it wasn't yeah. like this, you know, uh, physiological connection.
1: You know what I mean? I guess I assumed you guys talked more often than than you actually did. So that's it,
2: it was literally uh, like a three week span. I mean, that, yeah. that's pretty much it. And and where I decided, no, we are not. And, and I think we even got to the point where he announced that the show was coming. Yes. OK, he did okay so this is where i wanted to tell you this on the air i didn't want to tell you this in a, in a message mm, okay so he announces the show was going to come on yeah just a graphic um you know no audio no video nothing and all i kept seeing was you retweeting it right so he'd post something you retweet it he tagged me in something you retweet it <laughs> yeah. so i sat there and i was like is this a fake account <laughs> i was like why is this guy because he never told i don't think he ever told me about who you were so i'm like is this like a fake I, like I w- account I that only, he has?
1: Uh, yeah i was only his business partner so.
2: i i is, is this a fake account he has to like shill the network like who who the hell is this guy and then when i click on your picture it was you know your little cartoon guy yeah so i'm sitting there going like so wait it's a cartoon guy it's these random retweets. And then when you started following me, I apologize. I muted you because <laughs> I hated getting the notifications of this stuff is retweeted. This stuff is retweeted. I thought you right. were fake. I thought you were him because I was like, there's no way that this one person is supporting this little network as much as, as you were. And now I come to know how invested you were. But at that time, yeah, I had no clue who you were. And he never, you know, said like, Hey, look out for, I would tell somebody, Hey, this is, you know, rad Rob, he's going to retweet everything that I post with your name yeah. on it. Yeah. Make sure you follow him or shoot him a like or this or that. I thought you were a fake person. <laughs> so uh,
1: my apologies. <laughs> hey, no, it's it's Twitter, dude. You never know. Like there's so many burner accounts and fake accounts and parody accounts. And sh- I get it. There was, I even had my own parody account at one point. So, <laughs> you uh, have your own parody account. Yeah. That's you know, <laughs> you know, you're over when you have your own parody account, but, uh, no, he <laughs> he's such an asshole. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me he didn't tell you about me at all cuz uh like I said I was only his his 50/50 partner. And
2: I didn't uh, ask. So I mean yeah. I could be held well, responsible would as well. So yeah. as that uh, he announces the show is going to be coming at some point, mm-hmm. I had the first episode recorded which again, I took months and months and months to kind of build up what I wanted the show to be and went and got a great first guest for for a show that didn't have any episodes. <laughs> and um then I was made aware of the Vince Russo rant, and I did an interview with John on his airwaves or your airwaves or his air—I don't know, if it's half of your airwaves, half of his airwaves. <laughs> right, right. And all he was talking about in the interview was how much he respected the brand and how much he liked Vince Russo and Shane Douglas being on the brand is this great thing because <laughs> Shane is great, but the brand is great too, and you know, you're you're this and that. And then I heard this rant and I'm like, Oh no, I can't do this. I, I'm what am I going to, I'm going to, you know, go anti brand and go against Russo who at that point was interested in bringing eyes up here to the brand. Yeah. And I did the show uh, with Shane on there every week. I mean, right. I, there was no way in hell I was mixing the two of them up because I mean, let's tip the scales here, you know, in reality. Um So I just, I, I sent him a message. I was like, Hey man, uh, too much stuff going on. Um, a little anti brand rhetoric. I said, I if you know, if you understand, I can't go through with this because it's just a bad look for me. And he kind of passed the heat to, you know, the the get my go crew, uh, without naming them specifically to just say, you know, there's a bunch of trolls out there who were bad mouthing me and I've had enough and um and that was it yeah that's all she wrote so it was no like you know f you dude and whatever and i still i you know i don't want messages i'm going to say this again just like i did on get my go i don't want to hear from anybody i i don't want to hear from anybody this is this is just me talking about my experience um yeah. i'm not here to fight i'm not here to have any kind of wars i'm just talking answering your questions
1: um that was it 3 weeks it's a tumultuous couple of weeks <laughs> man i'm telling you and and he did tell me that he, he thought the reason why um, the deal with you fell through was because of Feeney and Husey and Durban and all that and people emailing his sponsors and trying now, to get you never know. spoke to them until I recorded Get My Go
2: Feeney um, we DM'd when I decided to bring the audio for Eyes Up Here to Creative Control Yeah, but um, I never spoke to uh, Mike Durban, I never spoke to Husey until I was on the air, I've never followed them until I was on the air with them. I just, again, I don't, I, I just don't follow that many other podcasts. So I don't, yeah. I wasn't, a, I, I've heard their names. I'm not going to say that, but I just, I didn't follow them. I didn't know anything about them.
1: That's, that's hilarious. And I, I, I sent you the uh, screenshot of the text. That, <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> uh, when, uh, when Vince Russo made his announcement that Francine was coming to the brand, uh, I posted that and sent it to John. John said, uh, she was doing a show with Chad. It sucked. Uh, I said, and this is just in full transparency, she should have gone with us. No one's (laughs) going to listen over there. Uh, And he said, nope, and they haven't listened to her and Chad. Uh, They get uh, amazing guests and shit downloads. Uh, The audio blows and they waste the great guests that they have. Uh, and he said, if we had an ability to get the guests they do, we'd be top 10 podcast guaranteed. <laughs> that line popped me more than anything else he's ever said. Uh, and obviously, I think Feeney and them told you a story. He, he he claimed that the realest guys in the room with Dan Severn and Don Fry was yes. number three in the U.S. in wrestling. Dude, you've been doing this a long time. You know the charts are, are up and down. They're not always accurate. Uh, but still, it's a, it's a it's very hard to break into even the top ten when you got Stone Cold, you got Jericho, you got Jr., you got Bischoff, you got Tony. Y- you know the you know, you know the drill. D- to debut at number three with Dan Severn, and nothing against Dan, I love Dan. He's very charismatic. He's a, he's a great guy. But there's no fucking way with zero promotion that a podcast is going to debut at number three in America in wrestling. It's impossible. Wow. I've done probably, I would say at this point safely, over a 1,000
2: shows, okay? Mm -hmm. Over six and a half years. I have never once gone to a chart or a website to look and see where do we fall because if we were to hit number one or or number 10 or number 200 or number 500, I'm sure I'd hear about it at some point. I never Mm -hmm. would seek out that information because if you're naive enough to think that you are on that level, you're out of this. You are you're literally, you're, you're on drugs and, yeah. you know, and that is, that, that is mind boggling to me. Um, I appreciate the compliment. We did get great guests. Uh, TMPT got great guests. Um, uh, Francine gets great guests. Yeah. Um, I can tell you why (laughs) I can tell you why we do, because we have great connections and we have friendships and we have people who work in the business. And that is why we have the connections we do, whether or not our audio is is great or not. We've had shows with audios dog shit. I can admit that wholeheartedly. I'm not going to hide from that. But you know what? What do you do with that time you're on the air?
1: Yeah, exactly. You make the most of
2: it. What do, you, what do you do? Do you sit there and you futz around and, and you know, do a, a pay-per-view watch along and, you know, futz around with your computer or, or papers or whatever? No, you, if you have, you know, back in the day when we recorded off of Blog Talk Radio, we would just record it off of there. You know, that, that was the that was the easiest way to patch in a guest in two seconds yeah. and then have the audio in two seconds and then put out an episode right after that. And yeah. at one point, I mean, I was putting up three episodes a week of Two Man Power Trip in 2015 20, 20. 2016, it was a lot of work, but it was getting our name out there, and you can't win the race in one show, right? And it's silly to think that, um, but uh, you know, look, if that's what he said about, it, I don't, you know, that's he's entitled to his opinion, but yeah. I, I wholeheartedly uh, disagree. Uh, I do agree that it is a great show. I do agree we do get great guests, so I appreciate the
1: compliment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I even told you like. You know, he thought the Shane, uh, the franchise show, was, was shit too, because you know the audio. Told uh, me he loved or, it. What yeah, are you going to do? Course. Well, I mean, like he's well, he's not going to tell you face to face. Oh yeah, your show sucks. You I, know, like- I, I I said it on Get My Go. I don't know if it aired yet or if
2: it didn't air, if it got cut or whatever. Didn't listen back uh, yet, um, but. uh I joined the brand Facebook group and the first thing I that Durban popped on. He was like, you know, Shane's audio sucks. And I was like, You're right. <laughs> You're right <yeah. laughs> it does. I'm not gonna hide from it. Yeah, it sucks because guess what? He's comfortable doing the show. We I, I gave him what he needs to do the show, and he's happy doing it. And he's there when we need him to record. And that's yeah. what is important. That it doesn't matter all the time. I'm not looking to be the number one show. In the world. I'm right. not looking for that. I have a, I have a job. I have a, a career. I'm looking to have a great little niche side project, and that's mm-hmm. what I've got with this podcast thing.
0: Hey, this is Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net, the Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast. It's amazing to me that turtles have the ability to speak, let alone host wrestling podcasts. I guess that's what makes them rad. The Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> And that's the problem
1: with John is he wanted to take over the world. He wanted to be able to do that full time and make money at it and and be able to quit his job and you know, he had this big pipe dream and delusions of grandeur that, you know, that that would happen. And, you know, he thought he could do it boom, you know, within a year. Like he had a a vision board or whatever the fuck he had and and (laughs) he had goals and he planned on being a major player, you know, within a year, a year and a half. And he just had very lofty goals and Again, you know from doing things for so long, that's a pipe dream. It's Unless you have lightning in the bottle, man, like you said, no one's going to reinvent the way podcasts are done. Uh, we know who the top players are. We know who the mid-card are. And then there's, you know, 7 million jobbers. So he, And it's going to get worse. I'm just going to tell you this right oh, now. Yeah, sorry, I, sorry to interrupt you. The podcast right. world's going to be even more
2: clouded coming up because the podcasters that are getting into it now, they're coming with, they're coming with this to come yeah. with money and yeah. they're paying people to come on the shows now and it's going to change a lot of shit because you're not going to be able to get the same guests that you did before because people now are want to get paid big time because yeah. they're getting it from other people and that's going to be the next big I wouldn't say podcasting boom. It's just going to be the podcasting um, flooding. And there's going to be more. And there's going to be a lot more. Whereas, like, I'm okay if you want to have a podcast and talk about backlash. You know, I'm okay if you want to talk about AEW, whatever. But when people come on and they want to do interviews and they're paying every guest to come on, you literally just compromise
1: the entire genre. Yeah, the entire industry. And uh, I have refused to pay anybody. I I had... I have one guy that wanted me to join his Patreon, you know, to come on the show. I'm like, no, man. I I, have, I appreciate it, but I don't. That's not my thing. I, I don't. I want to get it organically. I, I I want to network. I want to make connections. I I've been blessed. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to brag, but I mean, I've been blessed to make friends with guys like Jimmy Cordero and Dr. Tom Pritchard and. Uh, I knew DDP- Tom T empire represent. <laughs> he's amazing. Yeah. He's an amazing guy. He really is. Um, you know, guys like I, I knew DDP through DDP yoga, um, and Stevie Richards through DDP yoga. Um, PCO is a fantastic guy. It's like, you know, I, I, I don't know how it is with you because you had connections in, in, in wrestling, but me just being a, a, a fan cast, um, I would find people on Twitter or you know get people's emails and I'd message them and, and ask if they wanted to come on and I'm sure you've probably even had this too even Sean Mooney told me it was hard for him to get guests. but you're not always going to get yeses you're probably going to get a lot of no's. you're probably going to get a lot of runarounds wrestlers are very I don't want to say flaky but sometimes you know they're they're hard to wrangle in they're hard to deal with um, you know but I was fortunate enough to get certain guys to come on the show did my numbers go through the roof no fuck it I mean because they're they're doing everybody's show at one point. Um, but to me, I'm like you, I got a full-time job. I got a, I got a wife. I got a two-year-old kid now. Um, you know, I have other priorities in life. I'm just doing this for fun as a wrestling fan to kind of live out my dreams and talk to guys that I idolize. But, you know, like, I didn't even know that was coming for, for people to be paying guests to come on. Yeah, it's gonna. I'm telling you, that's that's gonna dry up my market because I don't. It's going to
2: absolutely. uh, It's gonna weed out a lot of people because you're gonna end up with uh, you know shows that would rely on uh, guests that were you know more on a a known Mm -hmm. tier. They're gonna have to go get people who are much lesser known, um, and it's gonna hurt the interview if they don't know much about them. It's gonna hurt if they don't really have much to promote. Indie guys don't have much to promote these days, so that's kind of unfortunate. Um, But you know, let me be on the flip side of that from the business point of view i encourage every wrestler out there to get what they need for the interview because it could be long it could be a um, oh, yeah it be an arduous task for them to do an interview it's like i've had guys tell me look this is my job i got to get paid to do my job and um you know this this is absolutely the only way i can do somebody's interview and um i i don't i don't i i Do not say no to that for them, but I say no to it for podcasters only because Mm -hmm. you can't make a name for yourself just by paying guys off to come on shows, especially right right out of the gate because you're you're throwing mixed signals. Um, It's it's just not a successful thing for you because you're going to get frustrated because one week you're going to find a guy you can't get on the air. You can't even you throw money at him. They're not going to come on and you're going to have no guests. And, um, you know, they're going to tell their friends to to hit you up at some point, And you're going to have to pay them, too, because they know you paid so and so. And it's a cycle that keeps yeah. going on and on. And that's just that's just me saying, I feel like that's the trend mm-hmm. um, that's coming next. A lot of guys that would contact me and say, you know, how do I you know, get a successful uh, podcast going? I want to do interviews. I want to talk about old shows. I want to talk about Monday Night Raw. I would say pick a, a topic and that's your show there were these two guys that were based out of uh, somewhere in the North, maybe Portland uh, a few years ago that were contacting me all the time. And they were like, look, I want to do interviews and I want to talk to Kane and I want to talk to, you know, Dean Ambrose. And I want to talk to this guy and that guy, because these are guys we had on the air. And, Uh, a, but you know, but we live in the uh, Pacific Northwest, and everybody loves Portland wrestling. I go, so then why don't you make your podcast about Portland wrestling? <laughs> right. And you don't need to interview anybody, yeah. or why don't you get people who are specific to Portland? Why don't you talk to the indie promoter who's local to the town and have their guys come on your show? Guess what? They did that, and I don't know how long they ran for, but that's the format they went with. You don't need to to copy somebody else's style to make your name and and, you know you've had guests you've here's the thing you're not going to name somebody that we didn't have we're not exactly you know or you're not i'm not going to name somebody that i know 10 other people didn't have it's just one of those things that it's it's a clouded very crowded industry it's like we're syndicated radio in your hand now that's where we are we're yeah. syndicated radio on here. And if you don't like Rad Rob, you can come listen to Chad. If you don't like Chad, you can go listen to, you know, whoever else. J- uh, Conrad. Yeah. You can go listen to whoever. It, that's just yeah. the way it is.
1: Yeah. and it, uh, It's, it's you know, 700,000 or podcasts or so in the world. And, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's so oversaturated. And anybody with a microphone or even a cell phone, an anchor, can just make a, a freaking podcast. You know what I mean? Like, literally... You, you, you need no expertise to, to do a podcast. Now you're probably not going to be successful, but literally anybody can do it. It's not like I can't go to local Nashville radio and try to get a job because I have zero experience. I have no degrees at all. in on that, but anybody can make a podcast.
2: Yeah. Anybody can. That's why you see, you know, the, every one of the real housewives has a podcast, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's why everybody who's on a reality show has a podcast because yeah. they're a, it's cheap labor, and B, people are going to listen to it. So they can, any company like that could pop up tomorrow, you know, they can call themselves Podcast Express. And, oh, we just signed, you know, Joe Millionaire to be our number one host on the show <laughs> just because they, they have a formula that they can kind of build that way. And it's just, it's, it, it's, it's good in, in one way. But, you know, with my broadcasting background, you know, I didn't necessarily want to be on the air. Everybody, my whole life, anybody, anybody's ever said to me is you should be on the air you should be a morning show host. I had a 10th a, a grade English teacher say I should be a game show host. I didn't want to be a game <laughs> show host. I wanted yeah. to create the game show and I wanted to do that. And that's what I do now. I have a real broadcasting job. I work for a major broadcasting company and that's what I love to do. I don't need to sit here and be, you know, on the radio. If I wanted to be, and I wanted to pursue it, I would have an agent. The agent would help me find the yeah. opportunity to be on the air somewhere. It's just not in the cards yet.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I want to be a little ominous for a. I uh, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, so it, again, it, it's good to learn about the other side, uh, of what I was, uh, fed by, uh, by, by John Wayland And, uh, I'm glad you were able to come here and, and at least share your experiences with him. We'll, uh, We'll definitely reconvene with uh, once part two of Get My Go drops because I'm sure there's a lot more that's going to come out of that uh, that we could talk about. So. There's a lot more.
2: There's yeah. a, it was a it was a conversation that you know I can I can honestly say like it it just kept going and it kept going <laughs> and I just had the phone next to me texting my wife like. Need another fifteen. Need another, <laughs> need another twenty. And yeah. then we were supposed to pick up my mom and go out that day. And I said, "Call my mom. Tell her we're going to be late." Because I just I was like, you know what? There's no way I, I'm just going to cut it short. And and not because I just wanted to hear myself talk. It's just because I I was su- so surprised at the audio <laughs> mm-hmm. that they'll play in part two. That I was captivated by um, you know what was uh, presented to me. But you know, back to the whole thing with with you know the the Dan Severn meeting again. It wasn't that I was trying to come on and, and bash uh, John in any way, yeah. shape, or form. I just was there for all the stuff that they were talking about, and I was able to give it some sort of timeline. And that's all I was really looking to do. I wasn't trying to get myself over by um, you know, bashing anybody or being negative. I am just giving clarity and observationally sharing what I, what I witnessed. That's, yeah. that's all I'm doing. I'm so biased in this because I don't have a dog in a fight. Right. Yeah, even though Eyes Up here is now on the Creative Control Network, it's completely separate. Completely
1: <laughs> yeah. had nothing to do with that.
2: Yeah. Nothing to do with that. The only con- The only thing it has to do with it is that's how I got connected to Feeney, Was right. was through that and right. get my go. I found because of Jeff Lane because I, I saw oh it, <laughs> it popped up that Jeff Lane was on there and I said like, oh let me check this out and literally I and I and I I told the guys this oh, I'm. Be a fanboy. I don't care. I've listened to shows two and three times. <laughs> yeah, I have to. I have
0: to because yeah. <laughs> I
2: miss
1: stuff. I went back yep. and listened to it. And doing work during the day, man, or going to the gym passes the time. It really does, and uh, a lot of people have, have found that. I think even Disco listens now, which is hilarious. <laughs> like I love the fact they're they're putting it over with Disco and, uh, and and Russo and talking about it every week. Even Lane will bring it up every week. It's just it's it's a cult phenomenon, man. It really is. It's it's gaining steam every single episode. I'd like to tell people this.
2: I always find my way into it somehow. That That's right. that's the way I'll, I'll, I'll say that. But I talked about it with Francine. I was trying to explain it to her on uh, our last eyes up here. I was trying to, uh, you know, she didn't get it. And I okay. said, uh, don't worry, you will. Yeah. <laughs> <You'll, 'cause laughs> I said, you know, I got a really uh, funny thing I want to mention um, when we were doing our pre-show conversation. And, and she was built it up. She's like, oh, you had something fun you wanted to mention. I was like, it, it's hold on <laughs> it was more entertaining <laughs> than
1: it was fun <laughs> yeah and you know especially like and i know why you went long because Husey has to stop like every 30 seconds to go off on a rant so uh, oh, but they're great it, it, yeah, it was it he's was so fun. good and i
2: was intimidated look following up bin hameen I th- it, when i talked to yeah. about coming on he was like yeah we're gonna have Bin on and we're gonna have somebody else i can't remember who he said and all i said to myself was like please don't be after bin and I didn't hear from Joe for a few weeks, and I saw that they uh, they dropped a the teaser for Ben, and I was
1: like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> you know, I wasn't familiar with a lot of Ben's work, but watching him on Get My Go, I gained a tremendous amount of respect for him. He's a very, very smart guy, and he's very well-connected, and I didn't know how eloquent of a speaker he was. Like, he is a super, super smart guy. <laughs> well, that's because you only heard him say, uh, you know, the, uh, what do you call the
2: the the... The parody show. That's all you thought yeah. he said. The Yala. <laughs> yeah. I'll say this, you know, and, and I, I got a couple more minutes, so we don't need to, you know, wrap it up <laughs> right this second if you don't want to. Okay. Um, that's the Russo brand, though. And, and that's why the, the Russo brand is what it is, because there's these people that gravitate to that network that have industry experience that might not necessarily be, you know, okay, stars above the marquee, you know, WrestleMania starring Ben Hameen, yeah. Um, But Ben's been around the block so much and has so much to offer mm-hmm. that he can give the audience that little bit of an insight into maybe something they don't understand. So he comes off sounding like the smartest guy possible yeah. because he's been there and, you know, and, and, and I'm not putting myself in bin Hamid's class, but I have worked for the WWE. I know what it's like to be in that system. I know what it's like to be around that environment and very few people can kind of like, comment on it that do podcasts so the russo network is a great destination for people like that because you've got a platform of of listeners that are going to listen
0: yeah
1: and that's what i love about it
0: the red turtles wrestling podcast
1: uh if you don't mind me asking what did you do for wwe
2: i i worked in the international production uh
1: department i
2: Hmm. was basically a step above being an intern. Uh, I got paid so that's why I, I wouldn't have technically <laughs> right. been in that class. I mean maybe I was like high in high high level intern um but it was just, it was international production associate mm-hmm. and you know what did I do? I basically watched uh international versions of shows, uh made sure that cuts needed to be made in certain spots, you know, they didn't want to show direct blows to the head, they didn't want to show blood, they didn't want to show certain shots uh maybe with some of the women And, you know, basically, I literally, back in the day, would have to bring tapes to the shipping department. The shipping department would send it off to all the different international markets that the shows would go to. And um, it wasn't a long tenure, but still, I was there. I went through a long and arduous interview process that lasted weeks and weeks and weeks. (laughs) Uh, It was an experience like you would not believe it will sour the ever living shit out of you. If you love wrestling, because man, I was so anti wrestling after I was done at WWE. It's like not even funny. Um, But I find myself gravitating to a lot of the guys that were in the system at during that era, because they can kind of sympathize with stuff that I experienced. Right. And um, it was great. I, I looking back, I love it more than I did then. I, it was just a job that, Required a lot of hours and (laughs) didn't pay very well. Um, Didn't have so much great access, but nonetheless, I still got a paycheck that had world wrestling entertainment on it. So that was a pretty cool
1: thing. That was,
2: yeah, that was really, I mean, taking the Titan tower tour was, that was something else. I mean, that was the, you know, the five-year-old, you know, uh, Mark that found uh, wrestling in 1987 that was uh, that was like unbelievable to me. You know, I'm walking in the halls of Titan Tower when they took me in the gym. <laughs> you know the gym. Oh, the gym that, with the with the neon lights all yeah, around? with yeah. the Pro commercials yeah, yeah, in yeah. my head. You know, with Bret Hart yeah. and Razor Ramon and the um, the they, the lady who was taking me. You no, know, no, not the lady. You no, know, the gentleman who took me on the tour from Human Resources was like yeah you know the gym's open to you if you're in the tower you know you can come in and they go the only time you can't come in is when vince and triple h are in
0: here <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: they go because they grunt a lot so i was like right, it's fine it's fine with me i'll let yeah. them uh you know i'll let them be to their uh you know their their devices that's fine but it was a great uh great experience but hard work a lot of hours very little pay and uh during an era of WWE which they
1: would kill for today, two thousand six. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. We thought we thought it was bad then. You know what I mean? Like which is funny, like Oh three, oh four, oh five, like you know, Smackdown started to get really good when Heyman took over, but then like even around oh six, oh seven, like, God, this shit sucks. But I would kill. Yeah. They would, they would kill to have three million Dude, viewers. I was in I was in one of the
2: side production studios um the day after the SmackDown tapings that the great Khalid debuted at. Never he debuted and took out The Undertaker, I believe. Yeah. And I was sitting there going like oh my God, this is so bad. Like, I can't believe that they're, do- they're recycling, you know, like basically giant Gonzalez and pretty much like this is, this is bad. And I said it to somebody in the the studio and they were like, well, maybe the fans, they don't know about that. So that's why we're doing it. And they were calling him you know, one pay-per-view and they were like this, he sucks. This is not going to be uh, you know, a character that lasts And great Khali was <laughs> a staple for many, many years. Yeah, but, um, yeah, man, that
1: was uh, that was like a golden era compared to now. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. I mean, Cena was really hitting a stride during that whole time. So the whole thing, that, you know, like I, I uh,
2: WrestleMania big time. Um WrestleMania 22, I want to say. Uh Triple H and Cena, you know, big yeah. time. Remember that yeah, whole thing? Yeah, yeah. Um that was the one that that WrestleMania I started the day after that WrestleMania. Okay. So that was the one I remember. Uh, Edge and McFoley. That's the match yep. I remember watching like yep. a billion times because we had to cut everything out of it. Cut, yeah. the Even fire. the fire. Like the finish, really? Oh, they, they had to switch to camera angle in the sky, basically, because they couldn't show the direct impact of the, uh, the the guys going through the fire. No shit. Um, I think, wow. Lita, was Lita bloody in that match? She might have been, I think. It, they, there was something with blood, you know, that they couldn't show the direct impact. Um, you know, like the direct shot of the blood on the face. I think it was Lita had some sort of blood on her at that in the match. But yeah, I remember that match more than anything else on the show. Um, And the pre-show battle Royal, because I hadn't seen it. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I remember watching that being like, yeah, awesome. (laughs) That's pretty cool. And And they, they debuted the King of Kings song. At mm. that show, and I remember hearing it in the production studio and being like, Oh, that's a great song. I really, uh, cool. I really dig that's that song. Cool. That's, gonna, that's
1: gonna take off that one. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's pretty cool. So it, you had to learn like every country's or every network's policies and procedures, I guess? Um, yeah, for the most part, it was
2: more like it was, it was, uh, oh God, God, I'm just trying to, it was Canadian, it was uh, Spanish, yeah. and it was, I want to say, Germany that I remember specifically Um, and whoever got velocity at that point, because I don't think velocity was on the major networks anymore. I don't think it was on USA. I would sit in on the velocity voiceovers Mm. and I don't, maybe it was UK at that point, but it was just, it was not, it was, uh, yeah, it was UK, you know, the Spanish markets, I believe the Canadian and German are the ones that I recall off the top of my head because you know the uk they were like oh you know the wrestlemania revenge tour is coming you know to
1: manchester you know like i remember that yeah that's cool man i mean at least you're on the inside and got a little bit of a peek at at what went on behind the scenes i mean there's thousands of employees so i mean you were just another number i guess at at one point but i i I think there was 700 something people that applied for the job that i had wow
2: that's quite a bit Yeah, and it was, uh, I actually sent, back in the day, kids who were listening, um, (laughs) I sent a certified letter to the WWE uh, announcing that I would resign from the the interview process because it was taking so long. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what am I going to do? Sit here and torture myself for months waiting for an answer. And I sent a certified letter to uh, Human Resources and I said, you know, I hereby withdraw uh, from the... um, you know the interview process because um i you know i have to move on with other opportunities and i got the call right as they received the letter to say you know that you it's yours you got it and i was like
1: damn that worked (laughs) can't do that anymore yeah can't can't do that anymore that was smart though i mean that that Hey, it worked. It was, it was more
2: out of frustration. Because, I mean, you yeah. know, look, as a fan growing up, I and mean, it was the be-all end-all. When I went through broadcasting school, that was all everybody knew me as, is the guy who wanted to work at WWE. Right. And all my, you know, all my assignments were about WWE, you know, chopping up old shows, yada, yada, yada. And uh, I worked for Howard Stern at the time. And I, I left my job at Howard Stern to go work at WWE, but I, mm. I wanted to pursue other opportunities. So I was just like, I can't wait anymore. It's, uh, I'm, am I just going to wait two months not look for other jobs that might be you know <laughs> worth my career yeah. to get a no so i took it upon my actually and i'll tell you i sent a certified letter to each person i interviewed with mm. and the human resources director
1: so what? i just found her business card the other day that's that's pretty <laughs> funny so how did you make the contacts uh that you have uh when you when you were there um you know basically the contacts have kind of just come over the years of being
2: connected to you know the system um when we started getting the podcast together it was kind of a a meeting of my sports memorabilia experience mixed with my wwe production experience where guys that would come on the show um you know that were there during that era i'd be like hey you know i worked there at this did you remember you know this guy and they go oh yeah and that's kind of how the connections would grow and you know connections become referrals referrals become you know can you know contacts and (laughs) the rest they say is uh is history but you know in terms of like how the guest process would go along we started just like everybody else did like you said emails and you know eventually the guests kind of fall into your lap and you kind of run with it but you ask for phone numbers and you ask for you know referrals can you get me in touch with so and so and um you know, the time I was there, I mean, I remember, you know, meeting Mean Gene. I remember meeting um, uh, Steve Romero uh, yeah. at the time. If you remember him, he's a broadcaster. Uh, Todd Grisham, Josh Matthews. Uh, oh, gosh. Jonathan Coachman. Like, these were the guys that were at the production studio every so often. Um, actually, Josh Matthews, <laughs> That funny thing. He was filming those Tim White vignettes. Uh oh, okay back at, during that era. So, uh, yeah, don't man, care. it was just basically, you know, relationship building over a good, like, 20 years of, of doing the sports memorabilia. Yeah. And, and through today, I'm
1: still doing it. So that's what it's all about. What you got to do, man. It's all about networking. It's all about making contacts. And the funny thing is, like, if you suck, they're never going to remember you. They're never going to tell anybody else, oh, yeah, don't go on there. I mean, like that show sucked or like, you know, I, I've been fortunate to where, you know, I've had return guests and if anybody does ask them about me, like, Oh yeah, they're cool. I had a good time with him. So, you know, it's not like any, any schmuck, you know, can just go out there and be like, Oh yeah, I want to talk to, you know, like you said, like Tom Pritchard, or I want to talk to Tracy Smothers or whatever, like you might be able to get a hit every now and then, but you know, you're going to get a bad reputation at some point, and and that's kind of where John, uh, you know, with Vamp and with Dan, he was starting to get that reputation. Like, yeah, that, that guy, he he talks a big game, but he can't back it up. Like, I don't don't do business with him. And I, I've heard stories of that too. And it's like, if if John just he wanted he wanted too much too soon, yeah. And I I'm, can I'm, see I'm, that. Almost, I'm almost getting tired of, of talking about him, but it seems to be a popular thing nowadays. So I mean I see him uh, right behind us here in the well, yeah, uh, obviously the, yeah, the yeah,
2: view I mean, we've got. But yeah. you know, I I personally I think Dan Sever was a great uh, idea. I, I think that that was a great uh, a great choice. Not Vampiro. I never in a million years would have uh, even approached a guy like Vampiro who has a reputation for being, you know, very yo yo ish, very up mm-hmm. and down, whether yeah. it's his you know, his his
1: I mean, it's yeah, self admittedly, he deals with anxiety and depression, and yeah, I mean, battling Alzheimer's, you know, like there's he's got a lot of issues that I would not
2: think of him as my go-to podcast person. I've said it on many shows. The one guy who I had really thought I could have a good show with, okay, but it would take a lot of wrangling, is Marty Gennetti, Mm -hmm. and I've talked to Marty Gennetti before uh, about it. But realistically, do we think? That's somebody you think that I could really rely on to be there when I need them to be there? No. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I have to face the reality of, holy shit, I could do a show with Marty Jannetty, but is sure. this worth the, uh, you know, the exploring? With Francine, there was another podcaster that had approached Francine literally the same week that I talked to Francine about yeah. doing a show. And she <laughs> went ahead and you know not only did she know me from you know, the franchise, but yeah. she knew the body of work. And right. she was basically like, well, I'm not going to go with this other dude because doesn't really have a big audience. So, um, you know, it, it's there's there's a ton of people out there. You know, there's still there, there's I could still go back with Russo and fill the spot from eyes up here, which, you know, I would like to do. I had a few people in mind that it just didn't work out. But, right. you know, they would have been reliable. They would have been somebody who could be <clears throat> a good podcast host. But what are they going to bring to the table? Right. Vampiro is going to be very serious. He's not going to want to be talking about Nitro in 2000. I mean, he hates wrestling. Yeah, he's not going to.
1: The he brothers in paint. Talk about it, Vamp. What do you think yeah, about you and yeah, Sting? He doesn't, he, doesn't doesn't talk, talk he doesn't want to talk about it. Talk about that. Yeah, and I mean, even Russo doesn't even like talking about that shit. He like, he hates talking about his career.
2: My my favorite uh, on air exchange i've ever had with Russo. i mean he's come on uh, triple threat he's been on two man power trip multiple times uh, john's done a few uh series with him on youtube yeah. but he, when he came on eyes up here and when the love affair started with him and francine of uh, <laughs> bringing that show there um he said to her i will come on and co-host your show with chad when you're getting the abdominal surgery and you're going to miss a week. And I did a show with just me and Vince where we talked about wrestling for like that much. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about him being a video store owner. Because right. that was my dream growing up. I always wanted to own my own <laughs> video store. And that that to me is the coolest shit of all time. That was my favorite interaction I ever had with him was talking about that. And, and bro, cool. it was, I could tell he was relieved to be yeah. talking about
1: it. Yeah and i i had him on once too and you know very very gracious with his time i mean you know how busy he is but you know he's still so captivating you know whether you like him or you hate him most people listen to him because he is a captivating guy he's very charismatic and it's one of the highlights of, of my you know podcasting career is being able to talk to a guy like that uh who is in the trenches during the most you know successful time uh in in the business and you know he he he's very misunderstood I mean, yeah. obviously, he's he's a New Yorker. He's braggadocious, but he's always working. Oh, <laughs> yes, he's always working, always working. And not many people know the actual true Vince Russo that thankfully I've been able to see, you know, a little bit behind the scenes of
0: the Red Turtles Wrestling Podcast. Let me ask you a question.
2: I'm going to put my interview hat back on just because okay. I feel more comfortable doing so. That's fine. Cool. Go ahead. So you've done a lot of interviews. You know, you you've talked to wrestling personalities, mm-hmm. you know big and small and everywhere in between who's the one that you felt either most disappointed by or afterwards, just the, the bubble just was completely burst over your head.
1: Wow. Um, I can honestly say nobody like I haven't had interesting. I have not had a bad experience. Well, I had a bad experience with, I don't even mind talking about it because it was the worst interview I ever. Did was Dustin Thomas, the uh, the uh, quadriplegic wrestler. Never uh, heard of him. Never <laughs> heard of him. Well, no, not many people have. So, uh, but no, honestly, I, I've Tracy Smothers was fantastic. He was on with he's his great. author, yep. John, John Cosper. Um, John I've had, Cosper's great guy. Yep. Yes, he is. I've had both the Killer Bees on. Jim, Jim Brunzel puts That's me. His, he puts me in his email chain every week, sending me like uh, links to Bruce Springsteen songs because he's a huge. <laughs> he sent me his book and autographs and all that. Like He's cool. Brian Blair was great. I love Brian Blair. Uh, Nikita Koloff was absolutely fantastic. I mean, such a super, super nice guy. I talked to, this hasn't released yet, but uh, I just did an interview today with Ross and Marshall Von Eric. You want to talk oh, about cool. two super cool, very, very humble uh, Christian kids. Uh, yeah. they, they were fantastic to talk to. Um, Jimmy Corderas was great. Dr. Tom was great. Um, Sean Mooney, I had on. He was he was fantastic. I haven't. I've been blessed, and I know that's overused statement nowadays. But I, I've literally been blessed to not have a negative experience. That's very good.
2: I didn't ask for the mutual admiration society club members. I didn't ask for all that. <laughs> right. I want to know who the sucky
1: ones were. But uh, now that's a great list. Absolutely. I didn't have any. Now, now I've met people at meet and greets. You know, like Scott Hall when he was back back in the day, when he was still doing you know drinking and drugs and all that. He was a super fucking douche, just incredible. PJ did a, a wrestling convention in Connecticut in 09. Um, he had Scott Hall there, he had New Jack, uh, Marty Jannetty was there, Tom Brandy. Oh, that, that let
2: um, me tell you that that one did not end well. I could tell you what, okay. no one, knowing about that convention, there was a lot
1: of drama with that one, yeah. Um, Harley Race was there. I thank God I got to meet Harley and Terry Funk, like that was really cool, but. I, Scott Hall was the biggest douchebag to me. Now, thankfully I got to meet him years later. He came down to Sparta, Tennessee, uh, when DDP got him clean and him and Kevin Nash did a signing. Uh, and he was really, really cool. Then I was like, dude, last time I met you, you were a fucking douchebag. He's like, I know, but, uh, oh, I'm sure yeah, that's exactly you know. what he wanted to hear. Well, Hey, whatever. I, <laughs> you know, Just tell him I, he was great in the ladder yeah. match and move on. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, but no, he admitted, he's like, yeah, I, I'm sure I was fucked up or something, but yeah. Um, so yeah, even Shawn Michaels, when I first met Shawn Michaels, I only met him once. He was just off his first title win at, uh, at WrestleMania 12. He was doing a signing in Hartford for an arena football team that they had. And uh, it was maybe a month or two later. And I had the, uh, the uh, WWF magazine that he was on the cover of uh, when he won the title idolized him. My absolute 100% f- most favorite wrestler still is my favorite wrestler of all time. Um, I used to wrestle as him as a kid with my friends. Me and my buddy were the Rockers. Yeah, you're like making me uncomfortable now. Okay, sorry, sorry. I, I I'm I love on I'm on Team Marty, so you're making me feel very uncomfortable. my best my best friend was Marty, and I was Sean, which is hilarious. I always gave him shit when Bobby Heenan pinned him at, at WrestleMania 8 or uh, Survivor Series '89. But uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, I had the better end of the deal when it came to to the Rockers. But I met Sean, and I'm like, oh god, like I can't wait to meet this guy. And I got up to the line, and. Uh, Keep in mind, he's a baby face at that point. You know what I mean? Like, he's supposed to be smiling and hugging baby, you know, kissing babies and shaking hands. He was the absolute worst. And, like, people always say you never want to meet your idols because they're probably going to disappoint you, right? That's the old saying. He was a fucking douchebag to me. And I'm like, it totally deflated me. I was like, man, I'm so glad. I can't believe you won the title. I was like, I've been waiting so long for you to get it. And he's like, yeah, me too. And I'm like, "Oh." fuck you man like <laughs> really and then he wrote like love hbk Shawn michaels I'm like yeah whatever so that that hurt like that was my number one like worst moment uh you know meeting my idols but thankfully in the podcast side i've had nothing but good stuff well that's good very very nice to hear i, I like to hear positive stories so that's good yeah yeah but i wish i could meet sean now since he's cleaned up and he's you know he's a person that's not there.
2: really the same guy anymore it's uh no not at all a little different i i don't recall i don't i never met him as a kid growing up i mean i've i've met him since you know right. on the convention scene and stuff but you know i i can't ever say on the convention side i don't think i've ever dealt with anybody who's been a problem or had an issue or or anything like that i mean and i've been around the block a couple times and back. I don't think I've ever really dealt with anybody, even in like you know the mid 2000s Scott Hall, man, one of the funniest things I ever saw was at a, a convention in New York around two thousand, yeah, two thousand four ish maybe. It was uh, Hogan, was it Hogan Hall? No, it was Hall Nash and X Pac. I want to say it was like mm-hmm. one of the first signings they all did together. Hall was the man. He was like, uh, you know, he was like charismatic as hell, making everybody laugh. They were, I think him and Nash were either wearing matching like jumpsuits (laughs) or something, but they, it was, (laughs) it was just, it was a great, uh, great experience. And then, um, he did my convention in Richmond in, uh, 2018. Um, we, John and I, my John did three, uh, conventions in, um, Richmond, Virginia. And Scott Hall was at number two and, um, I mean, just an absolute gem. Just nothing but positive uh, coming
1: out of that. He was amazing that day. That's cool. Yeah. No, I mean, he was just having a bad day. He was in a bad mood. It was hot in there. He he said, if if you guys don't get a literally his words, if you don't get a fucking fan or air conditioner in here, I'm leaving. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. that was right when I walked into the room. I'm like, well, that's a great first impression, Chico. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but no, um, Bob Backlund was super nice. I met him there. Ox great Baker. Dude. Ox Baker was, was great. Very, dude was very very nice. Uh, I, I I bought an autograph from him, and he sang me a song. It was a cool moment. Staple of those Northeast shows. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, and PJ was nice. I mean, I don't know what he was going through at the time, but I mean, you know, he, he was, I got a chance to talk to him for a couple minutes and he was so busy that day. But Love he him was, to death. Love him was, to death. Yeah, he was a good guy. He was a really good guy. But have, I mean, now, have you had any bad experiences on, on your podcast or do you, do you not want to tell um, anybody out?
2: Nah, no, I mean, we've had some, you know, like from when John and I were doing the shows together, I mean, just some interviews that were lackluster yeah. um, that I don't think were really, you know, up to snuff. I mean, you know, they, they might get shit downloads uh, (laughs) in the in the eyes of uh, Johnny podcasting. But um, (laughs) now the only one that John and I ever really talked about as as being like somebody that we were just kind of like with was China. Um, Hmm. China had just come back in the States uh, from living in Japan and uh, was filming a documentary um and the guy who just got in touch with us about it was oh just such a scumbag i mean he just was such a bad dude <laughs> sure. and he was the guy that would end up having like the footage of her uh you know pretty much like dead in her bed mm-hmm. um and was looking to release that footage and i think her her family sued him but um you know we did like a like a 11 minute interview with her in a limo and it was just not good and uh then he was trying to help he wanted us to help him get like tmz to come and see her outside at one of the venues she's gonna be at the next day just and i and i have a contact at tmz and i i kind of feel like it was not worth the the contact mm-hmm. um yeah. and it uh yeah that was just the only one that i could really say was just because it could have <laughs> been great but it, you know still we interviewed china and um yeah it's a great uh great little feather in the cap um Just wish it could have maybe been a little bit longer and and a more stable environment instead of in the back of a limo just getting off a flight from Japan. (laughs) (laughs) They're not living in the States for like five years or something.
1: We all can't be, you know, Dave LaGreca and Bust's Open Radio and have endless amounts of of anybody he really wants on the show. Well, you know,
2: Uh, more power to him. I I met him through Francine and uh you know I, I never listened to busted open
1: uh, but what
2: I gave him hey, credit it's a good for, show,
1: actually it's a good show
2: actually well what I give them credit for is um is the fa- and I heard that whatever his previous iteration of the show ended quite ca- uh, controversially and now bully Ray is in there in the uh, the co-hosting chair mm-hmm. I guess whoever yeah. the the past uh hosting <laughs> duo was was ended in quite an abrupt way but um I, I give him credit for this wrestling penetrating the mainstream has a love-hate relationship for some reason wrestling articles are are amazing to be on you know the new york post and uh forbes and the wall street journal and all these weird media outlets but on the actual radio, it's very hard to penetrate that. Yeah. And, uh, I give them all the credit in the world for, for the duration of their show and how long it's gone on for, because a lot of guys would kill for that. And he's, uh, he's done a great job, but the LaGreca name in radio is, uh, it carries a lot of weight and, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, it's an absolute, uh, credit to
1: their, um, you know, their show that they've kept it going as long as they have. Yeah. I mean, I think right now they're, they're still the number one sports show on Sirius, uh, XM. So, Golf I mean, club. Good job. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but no, actually, it, it is a good show, but it, it does help having Bully Ray and Mark Henry as a part time co host. Tommy Dreamer's on there a lot. So, um, but yeah, they've made friends and connections over the years. And they, they pretty much can get whoever they want. But, uh, you know. Hey, they've helped promote my shows. So it's That's uh, cool. That's it's cool. all good. They
2: promoted one of the conventions and, mm-hmm. you know, Francine's gone on there a couple of times. I think Shane's been on there once or twice. So, you know, I can't, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything derogatory. That's right. one thing we don't do. We never did that. And again, I still don't count this as anything derogatory that we've kept our nose out of, uh, you know, feuds and stuff for
1: this long. So, not yeah. going to discredit anyone. And unfortunately, you know, with, with, with Johnny podcasting, that's all he did, you know, was was have some kind of drama, whether it was the creative control guys or he was fighting with uh, the grapplers on Twitter or he was, you know, fighting with, with Lane and Russo. It's like it's like almost like he wasn't happy unless he was surrounded by some kind of drama or, or maybe he used it to try to get his name and try to get a rub from those guys. I don't know. I mean, it's it just seems like it was always something going on. And that's why a lot of his other shows left too and, and, and did their own thing. And uh, not like they're, they're all, you know, burning down the world anyway, but uh, a lot of people other than me, cause I'm, I don't know, stupid. You again. are
2: real though, right? You are confirming your, I, real real, no, I am. No, I'm wondering. You're
1: not a fake account I, with a I, cartoon I, picture. No, that's my, uh, that's my, uh, <laughs> I forgot the name of it. That's my little avatar thing. Uh, no, Just I sure <laughs> at, at red Rob gaming on, on Twitter, but no, um, yeah, there's other shows that saw the writing on the wall, and they're like, "Yeah, this guy's this guy's not who he says he is." And you know, I've only told the truth. Like, yeah, I'll talk shit about him. I'll make funny jokes on Twitter and and kind of bully him and all that. But I'm still everything I've done is tell the truth. Everything Feeney and Husey and Durban have done is tell the truth. And he used to tell me how much of scumbags they were and they're liars and they're deceivers and don't believe anything they say. When I got to talk to each of them privately after John supposedly kicked me out, even though I was ready to leave anyway, everything that they told me was 100% spot on and everything that I've ever said on any show, whether it's get my go, whether it's on this podcast or, or, or anywhere else, it's been the truth. The guy is, he's a carny, like without even being <laughs> in the business, he, he's, he, he's a carny man. He'll say whatever it takes to get people in the door you know, and, and use smoke and mirrors and, manipulate numbers and try to make people think he's a big deal. when honestly, nobody knows who he is. Yeah. I, d- he is. I just
2: can't play off the numbers thing, man. You know, it just, it's one of those things I I don't, I can't obsess over that stuff. I mean, like, yeah. what, are you, he, what are you gonna freaking do I, you, yeah. do? I could not do that. You know, it's not something that I, I mean, I'll get my go. They mentioned something about like talking about, you know, 48 downloads in three hours or something, something like that. It's like, you can't crunch the numbers like that. Yeah. You can't, you know, that will literally eat you away inside mm-hmm. and you'll stress and, and get all worried about why you're doing it. <laughs> if I make a podcast and I put it out there for people to listen to, if one person comes back and said, they enjoyed the show, That's I'm it. happy. You, you That's your all job. I- that's yeah. all I've, you know. I'm satisfied with, you know. Like I said, I did not jump back into doing interviews with John Paz because I'm not going to interrupt his his flow. He's doing an amazing thing, and I and don't want to stop it. him. Yeah. I'm not going to stop him. Yeah. So I kind I wanted to do something, stay on my own airwaves, and uh, you know, I created a show called New Generation Declassified. That's just a look back at the mid '90s and, and yeah. growing up as a fan in that era, and saying like. This is what it was like as a fan. This is what I've learned from interviewing these guys and rewatching stuff. And this is kind of like what the experts say about it, but I'm no expert about this. And I'm not anybody who's going to convince you one way or another that I'm (laughs) the be all end all of the new generation, but it's just an entertaining hour. And I literally don't know if 50 people listen to it. If 50,000 people listen to it, I'm just happy to create the content, the content for one person. And that's uh, really, that's, All I care about.
1: And that's a great attitude to have. And by all accounts, I thought you were a pompous douchebag. So uh, that's all Um, I ever heard about you. My my wife on
2: the air with us tonight. (laughs) Yeah, right now. (laughs) Is she feeding
1: you lines? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm fucking with you. Um, No, I mean, you're smart enough to where you're humble, you know, And, and you still are a fan. You know, deep down inside, we're all still those little kids that watch wrestling in the 80s and 90s and all that, and, you know, getting to fulfill some of our dreams here, you know, as we get older. But, that's one thing I liked about you and especially Paz, especially because I mean, Paz is so down to earth, man. He's such a likable guy and he's a goofy guy. And, you know, he might not have the greatest voice or whatever. Well, you know, some people might not like his style, but he's relatable. You know what I mean? Like, he's just, he just a, a super, super nice guy. Hopefully, I'll get a chance to meet him one day. But we, uh, I remember, um, I want to say it was either my wife's bachelorette
2: party. I mean, look, he and I go back. We right. experienced each other's weddings together, birth Definitely. of children, uh, the whole yards. We've been friends since 2002. Um, I remember literally staying up with him all night long and watching Superstars from 1992. <laughs> we had a DVD set because we used to be on uh, one of the, the tape trading sites and like, yes. trading DVDs left and right. And I remember like we had this, the this spindle of discs like that high. Yeah. And literally, st- I we were like, we're not going to sleep we're going to wait till the girls get home from the bachelorette party i can't remember if it was my wife's or her friends i don't remember who but me and him literally stayed up till like 4:30 in the morning watching 1992 superstars together <laughs> just but that's how the show became what it is because we've known each other for so long and we know you know i could tell you this guy eats sleeps and breathes wrestling there's yep. no two ways around it he could pick up. He, he could pick up a podcast tomorrow on you know World War II history, and he could do a podcast on it. Yeah. He's he very uh, learned about m- yeah. many different topics, and uh, and you like that word? I just threw that, yeah, that as, was as it. a joke. It was like supposed it. to be a haha, yeah. but um, you know he's just he's very he he's for wrestling. He is the go-to guy. I will bow to him in that regard. He is he is it. We're not worthy. It's all. Uh, <laughs> It's all JP. Uh, the real. He's the real Johnny podcasting. The real
1: Johnny podcasting. No, you're absolutely right. And uh, if you, as a rib, I wish you get him to call himself that one time on air. That would. I, be I called
2: him that at the end of Triple Threat uh, really? two nice. weeks ago, and he just he laughed at it. <laughs> That's and, funny. Uh, you
1: know, he. Uh, I, think the,
2: I think the nickname soured a little bit. It's like. Uh, it's like calling like a tall guy stretch or like you know yeah. uh you know a short guy you know calling him like uh you know shorty
1: shorty yeah. g it's uh, it's not it's yeah. not something that it's a little played so yeah. unfortunately yeah no pause is like a encyclopedia like of of wrestling knowledge i'm always fascinated when i hear him on various shows so <laughs> Try, try just trying to tell him
2: something casually and then have <laughs> something thrown back at you. You're like, all right. Yeah, all well, right. back in
1: 1993.
2: Uh, That's no, how be, it would go. Uh, but see, yeah. you know, I, I defer to him for, and he'll, he'll give me, I'll get to meet with him over this, and I have told him this to him uh, many times. He is the WCW guy. He is the NWO guy. He is the NWA guy. I am the WWF guy. that is it i've said it a million times he (laughs) knows a lot i am not saying he doesn't he might even know certain things that i don't i'm the wwf go-to guy he is anything that happened outside of the new york territory (laughs) let
1: me ask you this because i mean (laughs) growing up in connecticut myself like in the northeast i had access to tbs you know through cable i had access through awa on espn and world class on espn did you not watch uh, oh, I watched it every week. I just didn't yeah. digest
2: it the same way. And you know, I had oh, okay. all the magazines. I had the big book of pro wrestling mm-hmm. by uh, George Napolitano, and I forget the, the other person who, who George Napolitano did all the pictures for the book. Yeah. Um, studied it literally cover to cover. Ripped the cover off. I, I read it so <laughs> many times. Um, it just didn't grab me. The WWF grabbed me, and we were in the heart of WWF country. I'm from oh, New yeah. Jersey, so yeah. you know, in Jersey, you know, they were in high school gyms all over the place. You know, yeah. we watched. Uh, we could get some if you went to somebody's house in, you know, like 20 minutes away, they might get the Philly feed mm-hmm. of superstars and you might see stuff that you didn't see on the New York feed of superstars. Yeah. Then you yeah, MSG
1: uh, network. Would, MSG was every there.
2: month watching yeah. the MSG shows, you know, uh, yeah. primetime wrestling, wrestling oh. spotlight, wrestling I, challenge, I superstars it. of
1: wrestling. Primetime
2: was my all American yeah. wrestling. You know, yep. there, there was yep. uh, there's just so much that you could get in the New York area and, yep. and you know how it was the daily news would have the slammer you know you'd see the results yep. in it every uh, you know every couple of days and and you know they were I remember WrestleMania 11 the pullout inside of the daily news and yep. it's just we grew up in that era but I'm the WWF guy John yep. is everything but he he's very knowledgeable and he knows a lot I'm the go-to WWF guy where did he grow up 15 minutes from where I did. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. No shit. But he gravitates to that style more. I think so. I think it fits him more. It's more that the more serious style, um, you know, the more uh, you know, working uh dynamic of a match and and yeah. The psychology, whereas WWF, it was colors and big guys beating little guys, and that was my that was my jam. <laughs>
1: now you don't go back and look at some little stuff. but I mean, do you have a, a different respect for it uh, than you did when you were younger? Or? Oh,
2: would well, you talk about like
1: NWA and all that? Oh, I yeah. love it. Oh, I
2: absolutely love it. No, and and that you know that changed in the early two thousands. I mean, yeah. that was when I did start getting on the sites and getting different <laughs> DVDs and compilations. Now and with him too. I mean, he's big into the Japanese stuff, and you know, guys going. I, mean, I didn't get my first, you know, so and so in Japan until he and I would hit the tape trading scene, and then I had right. Hulk Hogan in Japan, and I'm like, eh, I'm gonna go back to, you know, I'm gonna go back to this. I'm gonna go back to the finger, you know, the hand to the ear. He was pretty um, incredible, though. Like in, in he Japan. was, but it just it didn't. Mm, it wasn't it didn't, him. Yeah. No, didn't didn't love it. Um, I don't know. Just say I love every. I love any old school wrestling now. I, yeah. I love World Class. I love the NWA. I love Mid South um i i love uh memphis um one of my favorite storylines ever is Memphis. that's where the wwf and uswa feuded yes. i mean that is like where the real first ever incarnation of the heel mr mcmahon was uh on television is Mick right. Memphis in 1994 right. yep. and that is like that that is a master class in in pro wrestling and uh yeah, it's. Uh, I've grown to appreciate everything. And ECW. How did I forget ECW? My God. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm only tied to
1: you know it's history, but it's <laughs> right? <easy. laughs> I, I remember getting a syndicated feed of ECW because my dad had a a satellite dish like way before Directv and all that. He had like a legit like eight foot satellite dish, and uh, just going around the various satellites, I would f- I found uh, a syndicated show that was on like. I don't know, it was like 11 o'clock at night, you know, or on Saturday night or whatever. And I'd watch it, I'm like, wow, what the hell is this? You know, I saw Shane, and I saw Tommy Dreamer, and I saw, you know, Terry Funk was there at that time, and Jericho, and I was like, wow. Like, it really took me aback. And then like, how have I never heard of this before? Uh, then obviously it just became like a, a cult following and, a, and and all that. But it was, uh, back in the early days of ECW, it was uh, it was so different than what I was watching on Uh, TBS and and USA. Yeah. You just saw guys you kind of knew
2: mixed with guys. You had no clue who they were (laughs) and they all kind of came together and you were like, well, this is different. I started watching it in 95 and I was like, why is, you know, Shane Douglas there? Like why, what the hell is he doing in this small, federation dynamic dude the new yeah the- and like i'm like who the hell is tommy dreamer and why is johnny polo wearing a flannel like I, <laughs> right, I, literally right. i had no idea yeah. who these guys were and i saw some familiar faces and i was like this is amazing whatever the hell this is and i remember we had one guy in our, our middle school who you know got all the shows he ordered all the tapes And, you know, I was watching, you know, Hostile City Showdown 94 and all these (laughs) random ass ECW shows. And like, I was like, man, this is this is cool. Like, I feel cool watching this. Yeah uh have you ever told francine any of those stories oh hell yeah yeah oh absolutely yeah i uh, without a doubt and she's uh you know she gets a kick out of it because you know i'm the target audience you're the target audience of of what they were going for they were going for teenage kids and you know young adults who you know were rock and roll and you know wanting to be cool and here's some grunge music for you over a video package we were just talking about uh november rain and the usage of november rain and the november to remember uh, yeah. promos and like I, that. Yeah. I said i go you know why that was awesome and she's like why i said because we didn't get to see the music video that often yeah. so not only do you get to see clips of what's going to be happening at november to remember you got to see a guns and roses She plug i'm wearing a guns and roses shirt right yeah. now like um it. you got to see a guns and roses video yeah. f- for for free on tv here so yeah yeah, I talk about it all the time with them and it's, um, it's just it, to me, I, you know, that's a pinch myself moment is, you know, I get to work with Shane Douglas. I get to work with Francine and two completely different shows and two completely different universes and bring together two parts of, of the story. And it's, uh, ECW was very special, to the point where I'm like, I could have been an ECW. I fit in great with these two. I could have been back there. <laughs> right. I could have been getting bossed around by uh, Paul Heyman, and pulling some cable or something. <laughs> well,
1: hey, you could have gotten a ring. I mean, if Spike Dudley get in the ring, I mean, anybody could get in the ring. That's
2: true, right? yeah. Mikey, Spike, you know, uh wasn't, wasn't well, Spike I mean, like a Wall Street guy or something? Or like well, well, to Baker? be fair, I mean, you know, t- I couldn't take it, but I would be dead after one bump. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, right. And the only, the only guy who's my height in that, in that uh, <laughs> locker room is Little Guido, and and he'd basically mm. kill you 15 times before you even yeah. blinked so uh <laughs> i would be on the outside i'd be, i'd be pulling cables or
1: uh taking t-shirt money uh at the uh the merch stand or editing with with Polly in his parents basement exactly or something. yeah no, that's cool. You know, Paulie was such a genius man. I, I don't know how he got away with half the shit that he did, especially like copyright infringement with songs and and like you're saying with that and yeah, yeah, you know, Sandman and all that. Like, I don't know how he got away with he, that. He I got don't. away
2: with it by doing it. And basically, yeah. if they were going to come get him, they were going to come get him, and nobody yeah. did.
1: Yeah, um, but I mean, obviously, you hear the other side of Paulie through Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray, and you know, uh, it took Tommy a long time to even forgive. Paul for some of the stuff that he did, but you, you can't deny that when it comes to wrestling knowledge, uh, maybe only Jim Cornette might be might be above him. But Paulie is such a mind for the business; it's yeah, uh, pretty remarkable. He's got a he's got a uh, Conrad podcast waiting for him whenever he's done. I'm sure. Oh, God, dude, they would <laughs> they would do very very well on that. I'm sure. But, I'm sure they would. <laughs> uh, final question before we wrap it up here, and I appreciate yeah. you going a little bit longer. But uh, since you did grow up in the Northeast, I have to ask you because. I was not. Were you a Hulkamaniac? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, not me, man. He was my guy. It, yeah. uh, Macho although Man I, was my guy.
2: Macho Man comes in like a, a three spot for me. <laughs> really? uh, my two top guys are Hogan and
1: Piper. Yeah, Piper's awesome. Yeah,
2: They're the first awesome. two guys that were on top when I started watching. I started watching in 1987. It was all about Hulkamania. Yeah. Wall to wall. Um, lived in, lived and died. Uh, Hulkamaniac uh, and Roddy Piper being a second. And why that's funny is because they were such heated rivals. But when I started watching, Roddy Piper was babyface. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I fell in love with the the good guy, Roddy Piper, who was about to retire at WrestleMania three. So I, I, those two guys for me, they're one and two, uh, almost like a, a tied one. Absolutely a Hulkamaniac. Just uh, he's uh, growing up. There was nothing bigger than Hulk Hogan. I'm an 86 Mets fan too. They're the only other thing that could rival Hulkamania in my, uh, in in my eyes. But you know, I I can tell you, I lived through every one of those returns. Like I was 10 years old all over again, 2002, 2005, 2006, anytime he comes out. And even the last time that I put on a a wrestling show was when me and Gene passed away and I watched, Mm. um, his segment, um, I don't phenomenal. know how phenomenal promo. Yeah. I, I just don't know how, I mean, I get chills sometimes yeah. when, and that's so like ridiculous to say, but it just takes me back to being a kid. Right. And I was, I was in the arena in 2005 when uh, he returned to Madison square garden and it was uh Muhammad. Hassan was yeah. taking out Shawn Michaels and the music hit. And dude, if they had a, a, a retractable roof on the <laughs> garden, it would have been blown into the sky. I mean, it was an absolutely uh, just monstrous moment. My uncle, who was with us that night, was like, it sounded bigger than the Beatles. That's how loud the ovation was. And it's, it's just in that New York area. And if you're listening oh, yeah. to this and yeah. you're in Chicago, he was big in Chicago. But in that New York
1: area, he, there no. was nobody that was going to touch the Hulkster. No, absolutely not. absolutely not. No, you're And you're right. You're absolutely right about that. I didn't hate him growing up, but I mean... I started in 88, so that's when Macho Man won at WrestleMania 4. Uh, that was right around the time I started watching it, and I just became a Macho Man guy. So when the Mega Powers broke up, I believed all the shit that Randy told me. I was like, <laughs> oh, Hogan, you dirty bastard. You He's tried to take him in this- his eyes
0: for Elizabeth. in his eyes. Uh-huh, I see the lust <laughs> in your
1: eyes. Uh, so I, I bought all that. So I, I was a Macho Macho Maniac or Macho whatever the hell is fucking. Uh, anyway, I was a Macho Man guy, but I did like Hogan. I didn't have respect for Piper until much later on uh, when I got older in my 20s and 30s and kind of went back and looked at his whole body of work. And I'm like, wow, that guy almost got killed, like inciting riots and shit, getting stabbed and shot at. And, yeah, uh, you know, he was such a heat magnet and such a great talker. Had the pleasure of meeting him about, about two or three months before he died. He uh, did a signing in Knoxville at their Comic-Con. And, uh, you know, one of the most nicest guys I've ever met. Didn't know me from Adam. Stood in line for two hours. He literally, th- he's like, "Thank you for waiting so long. I'm sorry I was late. And I know there's a lot of people here to see me, but I appreciate <laughs> you, you. know, I appreciate you saying it. Put his hand on my shoulder and just start talking yeah. like, like we were just catching up. Like old he, he made you friends. feel like it was only you. He was apologizing. To. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like talk to me like we're old friends. Like, how you doing? You look great. Blah blah. And I'm like, it was just he was such a great, great That's, guy.
2: That is my bit. Be- I never met Piper. Mm, all my all my yeah. years i never met piper and i never um, met hogan
1: so i mean i would like to one time and
2: i met the hulkster uh one time yeah and out of body experience he was amazing I he bet. was uh just out of this world john's got a better story about the hulkster than i do yeah. but um i just uh you know it, it was it, it was a huge event he was so awesome and he did not, you know, disappoint and uh, just wish I could have met Piper. And I honestly, we, I probably would have interviewed Piper with the trajectory we were on with
0: guests. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I'll
2: tell you, I was actually at the Charlotte Fan Fest, uh, the NWA Charlotte Fan Fest, the day he died. Oh, and that was, oh, that was, that was rough.
1: Yeah, that is rough. That bad. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, But I've met great guys in person. Like Hacksaw Jim Duggan was a super, super nice guy. I got to meet him twice, and uh, I got to meet Jake the Snake on two different occasions, which is funny. He's another story. Like, I met him in 92 when he had just left WWF. I think it was 92 when he left WWF and went to WCW. And uh, I think he was hopped up on Coke that day. But (laughs) I got to meet him a few years ago when he came to Zany's, a local comedy club here He was already cleaned up uh, by then, so he was a lot nicer uh, to meet You know, 20 years later. But um, Ric Flair, I had a bad experience with Ric Flair. Uh, I last, never last did. A couple times, never had one. He was and always yeah, great. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because he, he just wanted to go. It was a big-time wrestling in Spartanburg, South Carolina. He was there with Oh, Ricky. I've heard about those shows were nightmares. <laughs> yeah. He was there with Ricky Steamboat uh, doing pictures and autographs with the big gold belt and which is cool i mean i got to have my picture with ricky steamboat and rick flair with with you know the original gold belt which was which was really really cool but i think i was like last in line or second to last in line totally rushed me through rick was talking to somebody else at least steamboat was like hey man how's it going you want to hold the belt sure but rick was talking to somebody (laughs) else and as soon as like they said all right taking a picture rick would point at me and smile you know like rick (laughs) he knew what to do when the camera was on but um yeah unfortunately that was my one experience with with rick flair and i idolized him growing up and that was just another one i was like man that, he's kind of a he didn't even say hi to me you know it's kind yeah. of first time i was with uh
2: my john and we uh, i think we went to see spider-man 2 yeah and then we went to the signing with flair or we went to the signing with flair and then went to see spider-man 2 all i remember is i fell asleep during spider-man 2 and because <laughs> um, it sucked and yeah, it um suck. yeah. and then the other time i had uh arn anderson and Tully blanchard and barry windham with me so i kind of felt like he had no choice but to be nice
1: <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i mean yeah, i kind of sure. had the horseman yeah. with me
2: and right. jj too was also with with me and john that day so
1: it was uh yeah he had no choice but to be very gracious and nice that day <laughs> wow that's that's you want to talk about guys i would love to meet is especially uh barry windham i always thought he was so smooth in the ring and never got oh, enough credit for being awesome. as good as he was yeah man Love, uh, love, right. Barry. love me some Barry Wyndham, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, man, I won't hold you up any longer. Uh, I know we went a little bit longer than we wanted to, but I, I do appreciate you being here. Anything you want to plug, you got going on coming up, uh, give your social medias and all that. I'll give you that Yeah, feedback. absolutely. I appreciate it. This is where I
2: take the deep breath and uh, tell you, <laughs> right, take, it, right. take it, go, go get a coffee because it's going to be a while. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I mean, I got a lot of stuff going on. Um, my personal website is ibexclusives.com. Uh, that is where I have my side business where I do a lot of sports memorabilia and autograph signings, uh, all one-on-one uh, private autograph signings with mostly uh, baseball players. I have a uh, signing coming up with... Kane, Glenn Jacobs, uh, in a couple weeks. So, I mean, if you're looking to get an autograph, you're looking to get something signed, you can send stuff in, or I have some things that are uh, for sale as well. Um, but that's like my that's my side hustle. It's been something I've had my hands in for many, many years, and it's a, a passion project. Uh, but it's also got my baseball podcast on there, where I talk to somebody from the world of baseball every single week, uh, learning some amazing things about baseball that you know you don't know and you don't see by just watching a game um and it's been quite the experience to uh be a part of the place to be nation podcast network with that show unfortunately it wasn't with reality uh of wrestling or reality check (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh also i have eyes up here with the queen of extreme francine that is on patreon it's patreon.com slash francine podcast we have four shows a week on there the Eyes Up Here main show, and then three extra podcasts that we throw out uh, every single week. One of them is a watch-along where we could watch something from Francine's time. We could watch something else maybe she's never seen before. Uh, But whatever it is, it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of laughs. It is such a a chill show. Um, You're bound to like it if you listen to it because we're just that entertaining. Uh, But we also have the audio now on the Creative Control Network because we don't want to just isolate the the Gold, that is eyes up here on Patreon. We want to share it. And it's the audio only, a part of Creative Control. That's only a few weeks in, but I'm very happy with the opportunity that Mr. Feeney passed along to us. And then anything TNPt is on Uh John's interviews, uh, Dr. Tom, as well as all the links to the brand where we have the Triple Threat Podcast with the franchise Shane Douglas. And if you want to
1: follow me, it's at Chad Emb on Twitter awesome man uh yeah that's a lot of stuff uh i thought i had a lot <laughs> going on but you uh you got me beat there but now uh i again we talked off air before we started that uh when part two of get my go drops uh we'll, we'll come back and chop that up and 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 do a little bit of the fallout from that so uh wh- whenever that drops and we can work our time we'll definitely have you back on so uh i i appreciate you being here man you're um you know, I, I, I we joked, we joked before the show that I don't really listen to any of your stuff, but uh, I, I knew about you and I knew I knew how. Yeah, no, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm number one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to bullshit and Be like, oh yeah, Chad's got a great show. Blah, blah blah. I listen to it all the time, dude. I'm 44 years old. I, I don't, I don't lie. I don't, I don't talk. Well, I mean, I talk shit, but I, I, I don't I expect I don't, you I, to. I told you I didn't even think you were a real person until I uh, reached out until- to me. <laughs> I mean, you thought I was fake. I don't listen to your stuff or even so. Uh, but I, I will definitely go nah, and listen to listen to some of your stuff now. But no, you were you were one of the guys I really look forward to talking to you. Just just based on what John told me and and how, how great of a guy he put you over ass So um, thankfully, I got to meet you in person and he wasn't lying because, uh, you know, <laughs> It's very, very rarely does he. I might not show. be that great of a guy to him anymore, uh,
2: which, again, you know, I'm not again, I'm not doing any. I'm, I'm not doing any of these shows to be malicious or be <laughs> no, rude or be mean. I'm just giving my point of view because I have no dog in the fight. I'm just
1: a, a, a guy talking to another guy. <laughs> yeah. That's the bottom yeah, line. Exactly right. Uh, so but in any event, thanks for being here, man. And uh, we'll 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 catch up uh, a little bit later on.
0: The Red Turtles Wrestling Podcast.
1: All right, guys, that wraps up my conversation with Chad E&B from the Two-Man Power Trip Empire. Uh, That is part one. We will be back for part two, wrapping up the whole JP saga. and That'll put a bow uh, on on all of this for me. Uh, That's hopefully going to be the last time I ever talk about it uh, ever again uh, on this show or on this network. I know I've said that before, but I'm going to try to stick to that. It's very, very hard when they make it so easy for you. If you guys want to follow me on Twitter, I am at Rad Rob Gaming. Check me out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Rad Rob Gaming, streaming every Tuesday night at 6 p.m. Central, every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Central. Check out the show on Twitter at Rad Turtles POD. Give us a follow on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rad Turtles Wrestling. Uh, I'll be back on Tuesday for RTW Rewind with my fantastic conversation with Marshall and Ross Von Eric of the legendary Von Eric family. Dropping Tuesday morning, 8 p.m. Eastern. That's RTW Rewind with the Von Eric Brothers. Until then, guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday. Take care, guys.
0: Thanks again for listening to the flagship edition of the Red Turtles Wrestling Podcast. Please follow RTW on Twitter at Red Turtles Pod. You can also send us an email at Red turtles wrestling at gmail.com. We'd like to thank you for all your support. You've been listening to the Red Turtles Wrestling Podcast, exclusively here on the RNR Podcast Network.